Hi everyone, my name is Project Gill and welcome to the AWARE panel. As you don't know, the AWARE panel is going to talk about loads of issues that we face in today's society and things that our guest wants to bring up. And now, we turn into a podcast. If you didn't know before, we were running off Instagram lives every Thursday at 3pm. But now, we turned into a podcast. So, you can hear this every Thursdays and episodes will come out every Thursday at 3pm. So, stay tuned. Today, we speak to Lorraine Muraz, who is a teacher and a mental health blogger. She blogs about her experiences with eating disorders, such as anorexia and blomeria. And she wants to raise awareness to other people about eating disorders. Today, we'll be speaking about her eating disorder journey and her journey to recovery, as she thinks that young people today they should be able to recover from such a terrible thing that is happening in today's society. Let's just get into the episode guys. Hi everyone, welcome to the seventh episode of the Aware panel and today we'll be speaking to Lorraine Miraz who is a teacher and a mental health blogger who talks about having eating disorder such as anorexia and blomeria and her journey to recovery basically so Lorraine do you want to introduce yourself in a bit more detail yeah sure so hi everyone my name is Lorraine um I'm a teacher I'm living in London and I am quite passionate about mental health and eating disorders based on my own experiences and I have a blog which I've set up to help those who are also struggling with eating disorders but also other mental health Uh, health illnesses and I give my tips and advice on how to deal with them in your daily life. That's great so obviously you talk in your blog that you went through your own journey of having an eating disorder so do you want to tell everyone who doesn't know what eating disorder did you have? Yeah so I suffered from anorexia and bulimia. Um, Initially I struggled with anorexia from the ages of about 13 to 15 as and it began as sort of like a um, a way of trying to lose weight because I was deemed as overweight as a child but that quickly spiraled into bulimia because obviously when you're starving yourself you get extreme hunger and obviously with that extreme hunger you want to eat food and replenish your body of all the nutrients that you've depleted it of. So the bulimia was just a way of just refeeding myself. But again, obviously, you you have that extreme guilt of having so much food. So you need to kind of get rid of all that, all the calories that you've had. And you can do that by exercising or, or sadly for me, it was the vomiting. Yeah, I completely agree because with issues such as, no, I don't think anyone knows this, but I suffered from pickup which is obviously an eating disorder where you eat in edible items. Like I had like toilet paper like for the last five years of my life Mm. and it was a result of my mental health. Like if you haven't heard, I did talk about this in podcasts that I've been featured on. So I did talk about my journey in a lot more depth in that sense, but I did suffer from that condition. So it really hits home to me and... Like what we're going to discuss today, I do relate in some way. So yeah, yeah. So pick is quite common as well amongst pregnant women too. I didn't realize this until I did some research after you mentioned it because it was the first time I heard of it. But it's something that a lot of people who are kind of expecting they also struggle with certain cravings or certain you know they kind of like to have certain inedible food like chalk or ice or things like that so yeah your your awareness I'm sure has uh, you speaking up as I'm, sh- I'm sure has raised a lot of awareness in people including myself so yeah yeah because with um, picker it's mainly for pregnant women but I was only 
13 at the time when I developed okay. which so it was a result of my mental health mainly I just felt like I needed to lose weight so I thought oh if I don't eat and just have obviously just have toilet paper I can just lose the weight that I did but I didn't so mm. yeah so um do you want to tell anyone struggles growing up because you did mention this before yeah so I also mentioned this in podcast uh, that I was featured in earlier with Prav as well but I I was bullied quite a lot when I was younger and also I was around a lot of adults who are very health conscious if you are from the South Asian community you know that there are a lot of health issues that are you are quite predisposed to because of your genes and also your lifestyle and diet and so I was always around people who were very health conscious always uh, talking about weight weight loss how much weight certain person had gained how much they'd lost so weight with and your appearance was something that was always very dominant in conversations and I think that's something that unconsciously was sort of stuck in my mind as a child and so growing up being quite self-conscious as a result of that and also being bullied it's like a double whammy and so it was just a combination of bullying what you've grown up with but also people constantly commenting on your weight because I was always a little bit chubby I was more developed than the other kids I you know I was I grew up quite fast when I was younger so I I had my periods at a very early age so it's yeah it's you kind of I felt like I stuck out like a sore thumb basically that's so sad how you had to grow up with like obviously everything you're developing as you grow up and then afterwards getting bullied as a result like no child should be facing that when they are growing up but the fact that you had to suffer through that didn't impact your mental health a lot yeah definitely definitely Yeah, I mean, I've always been quite a sensitive child growing up. I've always been very, I'm the eldest in my family, so I've always kind of been very responsible and, you know, quite empathetic and always looking out for everyone. So I'm very kind of aware of my surroundings. So I think that was just like the perfect storm, I think, at the time. And I'm pretty sure, I mean, things have changed in schools, but at the time there wasn't a lot of support for those who were bullied. You were just Mm -hmm. kind of told to ignore it or you know they're just bullying you because they like you or they're jealous of you kind of thing so you just kind of ignore whatever you're going through and just carry on which obviously you can't do at that age because you're still learning to self-regulate your emotions and things like that but also I think as a teenager growing up you know with immigrant parents and living you know as a working class family it's very very difficult because there's all kinds of other stresses that you're going through English isn't your parents' first language so you're kind of always a bit more self-conscious and yeah so you're trying to always climb up the ladder somehow and all these issues that you have don't help either I completely agree with the thing that you said that like obviously people were bullying you because they think they just like you like I don't think that is true because I suffered from the same thing growing up like as you said the education system back then wasn't as efficient because in my secondary school someone committed suicide which Mm. because of the result of their mental health and so it comes to show that the education system is not doing well and they mm. don't even talk themselves through mental health, eating disorders, or anything that a young person is facing today. So I think that's really interesting what you just said there overall. Mm. 
Yeah. Definitely. Um, there's a lot of things that need to be done in schools, I think, in terms of tackling bullying, because you mentioned suicide. That's, you know, I think that's a, an, a wake up call for schools, actually, to do to actually take some sort of action. But again, it's, you know, there's so many things schools have at the moment to, to juggle with. And I'm sure there's a lot more bullying that's that, you know, that that takes place. But it's just unfortunate that our cases were just kind of swept under the rug. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, it's just that just the education system just has to be better. So yeah, I agree with yeah. you. So my next question is, um, is that obviously you said that of, we were just talking about the bullying thing and there wasn't taking action. How did you feel when the teachers did say to you, just ignore it? There's nothing wrong. I mean, at the time I was about 10, 11, between 9 and 11, I think that was when the bullying was, the ages of 9 and 11. And so to be honest, I didn't think, at, the, at that time I thought oh you know what they're right maybe I should just try and ignore it and do as much as I can it still carried on but the teachers did sometimes realize in class because I think they were, they were like 32 33 kids in the classroom they couldn't keep an eye on everyone yeah. but they were a little bit more conscientious of me being there and they did kind of keep an eye out but I think it I think it kind of helped very slightly but I just secluded myself away from everyone and kind of just stayed away from the playground and if I did I would just stay on the sides or just sit on the corner with my like I had a, a small group of friends I wasn't alone but I think I didn't realize at the time but I think what they said kind of didn't kind of give a quite a good for them for someone to tell you that you know oh they they like you and that's why they're yeah. you that really damages you as a child because then you know when you grow up as an adult you realize actually that's wrong that's abuse so, you know, that's quite alarming to hear. But I think at the time I kind of, that was enough for me to just think, oh, okay, they're just doing it because they like me. And that's all I thought. Again, obviously I was still very upset, but I think I had about a year or maybe six months to a year left of primary school before I moved on to another school. So I was just kind of getting ready to kind of just leave, basically. No, that's just a really sad story, but I hope you're doing better now, obviously. So, yes. Now I'm going to talk about like the support system you might have had growing up with like an eating mm-hmm. disorder. So mm-hmm. did your family and friends see the changes of you going through these changes throughout the years? So when I finished primary school, I went on to secondary school. And I think it was then when I, f- and I was going through puberty and I was gaining quite a bit of weight. But I, obviously I was just eating as a kid. Didn't really think too much about what I was eating. I was just eating wherever I wanted, when I wanted. Yeah. But I think when I went to the GP, he mentioned that, oh, you are a bit overweight. And I think that combined with a negative experience on holiday with my family back home, that kind of just set off the negative cycle of restrictive eating I I suffered from for many years. But in terms of the support, I was referred to family therapy and cognitive behavioural therapy as a teenager. So when I was in year 10, and by that time, it had kind of spiralled into bulimia at that time my eating disorder so family and friends initially were quite chuffed with me because they were like oh wow like you've lost quite a lot of weight and you look good and and stuff like that but I think they didn't realize what I did to lose weight and what I did to, to to change how I looked because I lost a lot of weight dramatically but I think now times have changed so much and when you see someone lose so much weight quickly you're not you're not going to say oh you look good you're going to say hang on what's wrong is everything okay it was this was about 10 years ago so it was a very very different time in terms of mental health awareness no one really thought twice about it but 
I had a friend in school who realized that after eating my lunch, I'd run to the bathroom and she was like, why do you keep doing that? And I said, oh, like, I just need the loo and stuff. And, and then eventually she got it out of me and I said, actually, sometimes I feel like throwing up my food. And she said, okay. you know what? I think you have bulimia. Um, I never did she heard say that, that to you? Yeah, she did. She did. Awesome. So, um, so she obviously, I, don't, I mean, I don't know how she knew what that was and I wish I asked her, but she asked me and I said, I don't know what that is. So I went home after school that day, Googled it and literally everything I had that was on the list, I ticked on the NHS website. I've got this. I, I'm preoccupied by my weight. I binge food and then I purge it by vomiting. I've lost all this weight. My teeth, my, you know, my teeth are getting messed up, things like that. So I... I was lucky that I had like a friend or people around me who very quickly noticed the signs. I'm lucky in the sense that I'm pretty sure that wasn't the case for a lot of people who who suffered from eating disorders at the time. Particularly, I'm sure with your picker, it was very yeah. difficult to people to kind of pick up on it. So I went through CBT and family therapy. Initially, it didn't really help because, you know, I was going into therapy with my family so that was traumatic as it was anyway and actually as an as a child of immigrants you're very conscious of not putting your parents through stress because mm. they've already been through a lot of stress anyway trying to make a life in the UK so yeah that was very traumatic for me I think but eventually I had my one-to-one one-on-one CBT which cognitive behavioral therapy for those who don't know and that really helped me develop the tools I needed to kind of have some confidence in myself that I could recover and to deal with the body dysmorphia I had prior to developing the eating disorder which was the core of my my issues yeah I like obviously as you said with the whole like your mental health state during that time like it's it's just tough to go through really it's just really tough to go through so yeah yeah so obviously over time you did bring yourself back up afterwards which yeah which I definitely love and your journey to recovery too which is amazing so yeah so my next question is now this is more on a general level because I don't want Mm -hmm. to talk your own personal experience too much because I know it's a sensitive topic so mm-hmm. I want to bring that away and talk about generally, as everyone knows, there are about 3.4 million people suffering from some sort of eating disorder in the UK. And you see sometimes like celebrities also go through this stuff. What do you think? Mm. I want to know this from a person who has gone through this stuff as well. So what do you think about the whole thing? I think celebrities play a massive role because they are sort of in your face all the time. I mean, now it's worse. We have Instagram, Snapchat and, and you know, back in, back in my day, about 10 years ago, it was just Facebook and Twitter. Twitter yeah. was just brand new. It was just starting up. So the only thing, the only exposure I had to celebrities was a few music channels or Facebook, but mainly just music channels, to be honest. Now it's, you are inundated with celebrities, weight loss tablets, weight loss drinks, fit tea or whatever you call it. All these things that are pushed out in front of you by these celebrities who are just paid millions to endorse these brands that are fueling, you know, they're just fueling the young people's minds with just, you know, just, you know, they're, they're kind of just making them believe that if you look good, that's all that matters just lose weight don't work on your personality that doesn't matter don't go and get a good career for yourself don't be a good person just just lose weight and that's all that matters in the world I lost weight by using this product and I think you should have it too which is never the case they usually lose all their weight with surgery Botox 
some celebrities remove their ribs within a waist which a lot of them deny but it's crystal clear that they have so for them to for people like that who've had their surgery to come up and say that you know this is what you need to lose weight I think they are to blame well partly to blame for you know eating disorders and you know the increase that there's been over the years I think definitely they and they have a massive responsibility I think socially and morally to kind of not they they kind of just deceive young people with these gimmicks and studies have I mean people need to realize that when you do look into fitness you know these shortcuts to getting fit you need to look at the research and nine times out of ten the research suggests that it's just rubbish. I actually follow a YouTuber called uh, Natasha Oshien and she is a fitness guru who's actually studied, I think it's biochemistry. So she knows exactly what she's saying and she does tons of research into these diets and fads to find out what exactly works. And all these, you know, these gummy bears that you can eat or these fit teas or these these, I don't know, smoothies and things like that, they don't work because all you do is you're skipping meals or you're just having this smoothie instead of having your dinner, which again, it's just, it doesn't make any sense because anyone can have a smoothie for dinner and lose weight because you're under eating, right? So why is it that these celebrities feel like this, whatever, this gummy bear is like the answer to obesity or things like that, if that makes sense. So yeah, I, I think celebrities play a massive role I don't think they are they should be blamed completely because you know they are a business they get paid to to endorse so their argument could be oh we're just we're just doing our job which is fine they are but then again they're deceiving people because young people don't know that young people don't know that this person's been paid five million pounds to post this instagram post about this gummy bear that they never had in their life you know yeah yeah yeah. i I can like i get you that right there because if you see like for example like kylie jenner she just recently just like promoted like the gummy bears and Mm -hmm. they're really just hair vitamins but i don't know there is i've seen loads of controversial videos about what ingredient those gummy bears have what effect it could have on someone who could be suffering from like any sort of eating disorder and then also the fit teas as you said and like yeah with celebrities the thing is some of them go through eating disorder if you haven't heard like Demi Lovato she recently came out that she had anorexia and she had blomeria because growing Mm -hmm. up she she had a vision board she had a vision board about one side will say oh what kind of girls that she want to be and then Mm. the other side was like a picture of a monster or something that said oh this is who i am and she had that since childhood Mm. and she had to grow up with that kind of thing and then she said recently she relapsed into her eating disorder and her drug use as well so Mm -hmm. and now she's being sober again so yeah i'm quite familiar with demi's experience because i think when i was recovering i did a lot of research into like celebrities with eating disorders and things like that and actually demi's uh, demi's actual experience and the fact that she's open about it you know reignites the hope i have in celebrities in in trying to help out with you know the way they portray or what the 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 kind of media that they bring out to the world i think demi also she posted pictures of herself with like cellulite and usually she mentioned that she would have that photoshop but she didn't because she wanted to show people and young people that actually this is what real humans look like no one 
you know we're not born you know hair hairless no cellulite perfect toned abs silky hair things like that it's just you know with money comes the ability to pay for all these things like laser hair removal botox fat removal or you know redistributing your fat to a different part of your body like your bum which a lot of celebrities do to make it look bigger so I applaud people like Demi Lovato because they kind of they're very open and yeah they are you know they are the you know the kind of movement we really need at the moment but again it's all about money and a lot of celebrities they it's their business to push out these fad diets and fad products to help lose your weight and I say that within inverted commas in the air but yeah so it's they have a massive role to play I agree with that because obviously as you said she kind of helped you in your journey to recovery for sure yeah 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 and so I think hearing her story and then obviously seeing people like you guys trying to recover from sort of like the eating disorders makes me very happy that she's spoken out her story and like I'll follow her on a day-to-day basis because I think she's that kind of celebrity who is not afraid to like say anything that yeah is out of the norm that is out of the norm yeah so I love that so my next question for you is also um what do you think about peer pressure like amongst teenagers especially teenager girls so I think with a lot of you know experiences like that it I mean I went to a girl's school when I was in you know when I was in secondary school so I went Mm. to an all-girls school so I was very aware of the fact that I was a bit more chubby than other girls but there were people like me in my year group and that gave me a lot of comfort but I think what and I wasn't bullied in secondary school actually I was just all primary school but I think what the experiences I had they just carried on they just carried on into secondary school and I just carried it with myself in terms of peer pressure I didn't I mean initially when I was losing weight I had a lot of girls who were like oh what are you doing to lose weight I want to lose weight too and I used to say to them you don't want to know (laughs) (laughs) you don't want to know what I'm losing weight because and I don't want you to know either so I wouldn't tell them I'll be like I'm not telling you and they'd be like, why yeah. are not telling me? Oh my God, I, like you're not telling me I want to lose weight. And I was like, trust me, if I told you, you'd be shocked. And actually, sometimes I would just tell them to, you know, tell them just so that they can stop asking me because they were like almost as if in awe of my weight loss. And I think they, and, I, and I'm and i pretty sure that I kind of may, I, I mean, I, I, I didn't on purpose, but I think people looked at me and thought, oh my God, she's like in year eight. And usually everyone in year eight or from year seven to year nine, they go through the, the puberty and your hormones are going crazy. And so your weight goes up and down. And for me, my weight was up and it went down it went right down so very quickly so I think a lot of girls were just struggling with that and I, and it makes sense so I think I was encouraged kind of you know not indirectly encouraged by people like mm. constantly asking me and I thought oh wow it's actually working like people can actually notice and they're asking me what I'm doing to lose weight so I should carry on because I look good and I'm getting compliments so I didn't get that much peer pressure but I know now nowadays I am as a teacher I can see it in my students that you know they're like I've heard conversations where like they're saying, oh, I'm not going to have sugar for the next month or I'm not going to eat carbs. Oh, that's got so Mm. many carbs in it. So that kind of those conversations trigger me a little bit in my mind because I'm thinking, hang on, you're like 17. So too young to be focusing on carbs and things like that because you're at an age where you're developing and you need all this energy as much as you can get. So I don't I didn't have peer pressure 
on myself. It was very indirectly, I was just indirectly encouraged through the interest it gen- my weight loss generated in people. But I see a lot of it in other people and groups of students that I teach, which I tend to nip in the bud. And I kind of end up giving them a little lesson about weight loss <laughs> and how you know it's important to be careful about what you eat. That's that's crazy to think because I didn't think of it that way. If you don't know what the show is, it's a social experiment channel, which I watch. And there was one episode where they got three teenager girls and they were all actors, just to say. And scenario was that there was one girl who were chubbier than the rest and were eating a salad composed to the other two girls who were a lot skinnier and having junk food, but then go to the bathroom and plunge. And they they were trying to encourage this one girl to go with them to like obviously throw up the food, and then mm-hmm. they were going to see how the public reacts to the girls trying to peer pressure her into like mm-hmm. pledge. And then I saw this one man. He stepped up and he said that his own sister went through the same thing. Wow. So he didn't want to. He didn't want them. To, like the girl to go through the same thing but it turned Mm. out to be a social experiment as I said and so Mm. I saw that I was like does this really happen really like these girls could have done way better for sure like they could have done way better than to like try to pressure someone else into their own lifestyle they're trying to encourage Mm. people just they think it's the only way to lose weight which yeah it's disgusting in in my opinion I feel like I feel like a lot of that behavior and I'm not trying to generalize but yeah. I've not seen a lot of that in the UK. I don't know I'm pretty I'm I have a feeling that experiment may, might have been carried out in America because I feel yeah, like it was in America. Of, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of the diet culture and let's do it all together and if I'm I'm you're accountable to me and I'm accountable to you for anything I eat that's wrong or you know things like that you know I'm not again I'm not generalizing I'm not sure how it's like in the UK but for me personally I was quite lucky that I had my my immediate close circle of friends were very concerned with my method of losing weight and they were all very aware of the fact that I had bulimia because I had told them so no one encouraged it I think they used to mention that actually you lost so much weight that you look like skeletal like emancipated and like you know your fingers and your arms look very skinny and you have no muscle and things like that so it wasn't I mean they didn't they weren't being bullied they weren't bullying me they were just being very honest and I think I needed that honesty I mean had I had those friends encouraged me I don't know what would have happened to me I think yeah Um, yeah. that would be a scary thing yeah 100% and I think I was my mind was a monster in itself and imagine having monsters in person constantly you know being on your back you know I, I I mean I my heart goes out to those who are struggling with peer pressure but I have a feeling that it's something that would or is something that is a thing among teenagers and younger children definitely yeah it's just scary to go through like if you're already like suffering from something but then getting peer pressured at the same time to do what like it's just going to be it's just going to deteriorate their health even more which is something that no one should really go through. So, yeah, so we're going to wrap things up, actually. And, yeah, so do you want to advise anyone who's going through eating disorder and how recovery impacts your life? Yeah, so I want to just mention my blog 
because I think a lot of people who are suffering from eating disorders, they are welcome to contact me through my blog or even my Instagram. My blog is larabem.com and my Instagram handle is at larabe.mm. Please reach out if you feel like you're struggling and you are not sure about how you should access any help. There is also a lot of information on the B. EAT website that's beat B for beating eating disorders and they have a lot of information about what the symptoms are for eating disorders and how you can recover there is also information on the NHS website regarding CBT which is cognitive behavioral therapy and they mention how it helps you what it entails and it debunks a lot of myths that you may have about therapy which I think is the main driving force that was in my for my recovery 100% and so I just want to mention if anyone is struggling with eating disorders when you are in the middle of it you really feel like you can't get out of it and I think for me it was I felt like that I felt like I cannot get out of this cycle I'm constantly thinking about my weight and what I'm eating it was just you know it was endless relentless but for those of you listening, I want you to realise that actually you can recover. You just need to develop some tools that you can develop through CBT or other forms of therapy that will help you see your life in a different light and you'll be able to live your life without having to worry about it. Because I think for me now, the what, one of the things that's changed in my life after, life after recovering is the fact that I can now enjoy my moments in my life that are really important to me without having to yeah. worry about yeah. those. Because I was always preoccupied about weight and how am I gonna vomit all my food out or how am I gonna eat so much without people realizing that I'm eating so much so then I can purge it all out and I think I don't have to worry about that anymore thank goodness thank god yeah so for those who are suffering I think just don't give up and just try and see that you can recover but I think take the first step and speak to a health professional or a GP or a doctor if you're in the states just speak to someone about it first and they can advise you on what to do to help but also feel free to reach out to me if you're unsure as well thank you Laura I will literally link that on my website so if you want to check out the website the blog is on my website so thank you so much once again for coming on and telling your own story like it's very incredibly brave for you to do because you did a podcast before I think you're getting used to the whole just now so yeah yeah <laughs> thanks Brav yeah definitely yeah. appreciate it okay so thank you guys for listening of course um subscribe to our apple podcast or spotify whatever you prefer to listen on and yeah so we post every thursdays at 3 p.m so make sure you listen so yeah so thank you everyone see you guys later bye thank you everyone for watching today's episode if you liked it put a five-star review on apple Podcasts, and make sure you subscribe and follow us on spotify and apple Podcasts. we would love to hear feedback from you so make sure you do that also spread the word about the aware panel because this is such a platform where people could just talk about anything and we would encourage everyone who listens to this podcast to be listening to us see you guys later bye